And here we go. This is Happening with Mark Zito and Ryan Sampson. I'm Mark Zito. I'm Ryan Sampson. And this is Happening. I can't tell if it's a little more echoey in my studio. I've taken everything down in here since I'm moving. Oh, so you probably, it's bouncing off the walls just a little bit more. It feels like it. It feels like I live in an empty, so what I've done is, mm, my voice just got crackly, I don't know what happened, but we, (laughs) um, we sent my daughter away this weekend so we could pack, because I have to imagine packing would take about four times as long if there was a toddler around. Yeah, if you've got somebody who's unpacking for you yeah, as you're packing. Yeah, whose like, entire life is chaos uh-huh. and shitting their own pants. Um, and so what I've done is all the rooms that she doesn't go in are totally packed, but I didn't want her to come back and be like, what the fuck is going on? Because she's still going to like live here for a couple days. So down, like our first floor, all the pictures are are hung. Like you wouldn't be able to tell from the like by just looking at it that it's completely packed up. But if you opened any of the kitchen cabinets and whatever, it there everything's completely empty. No, wait. Explain to me the first part of what you said again. You did something because what? I packed all the rooms that Simone will not go in. Meaning okay. her room. You didn't want her to be confused? I didn't want her to be like, little kids are very impressionable. And like they, they get, you know, I didn't what want her to be What like, impression are you scared of her getting? Like, like not knowing what's going on? I mean, even though I explain it to her? I guess what I'm saying is there was no need for me to pack her room right away. Also, like, she still needs to, pl- like, if it were just Sarah and I in this house, right, for the next right. couple days, I would just pack everything and we'd fucking deal with all the boxes. Whereas- that sounds like the, it sounds like the most insane thing you've ever said. Mm, well, you don't have a kid. And also, so <laughs> I can use that argument all day long. I mean, like, I was a kid. I moved when I was a kid. What, what, <laughs> what ages did you move at, Ryan? Uh, when I was three and 14. Do you remember moving when you were three? Yes. No one believes you on that. I actually, what was very scary is that, is that I, I my know, mother didn't. Describe the house. We've got, yeah. we've, we've hosted yeah, the show I, I for remember, long enough that I remember everything you've said. Right. I remember, I remember a lot. Like, I remember. But my, my thing being, where, also, if I pack all her stuff, what am I going to do with her for three or four days? I mean, like, I get that. Like, that reason makes sense. Like, if you're like, I need this stuff because we're going to be here for three days, like, that's perfectly reasonable and makes sense. Mm. But when you're like, I'm packing up because I'm trying to trick my daughter yeah. and I'm just going to show her up in a new house and don't worry, she won't be confused why we're here. Like, that's a little insane. Well, see, the other thing is you can't tell a toddler anything in advance like obviously she knows we're moving to a new house if i bring we've driven we drive by the new house like every day we say hi to the new house it's pretty close by right so we're in the car i'll be like do you want to drive by the new house and she'll say yes now are you like clicking a pen uh no i'm like uh it's a zip tie that i was uh throw it across the room (laughs) so you know, but if you say to her, hey, we're moving to a new house, she'll be like, I want to go to new house now. I want new house now. Yeah. Okay. But I don't, I can't do that. So it's, it's much in the same way. Like you can't tell a, a a two or three year old like, hey, maybe later we'll get ice cream. It's you have to get the ice cream now. The right, minute but- you say it. So I don't want to deal with that as far as why is everything packed? What's going on? So it just looks like everything's not packed in the area Simone will enter. Okay. I mean, it's slightly insane. I guess, but also, like... I mean, because you're, ba- you're basically, like, it's it's sheltering your daughter from life. Sure. Much in the same way I haven't sat her down and told her about 9-11 yet, Ryan. Yeah, but if you don't want to... Like, listen, if I understand if you're like, I don't want to have to, like... It's slowing me down to answer the questions, and I don't want to have to deal with it right now. Yeah. Like, that makes complete sense. I totally get it. But when you're like, I'm scared about what my daughter will think if, I'm, if I'm we move. I'm not scared. I just that don't want to put her insane. in a white room. I think that's yeah, but weird. That, it, it sounds... I mean, like, that part sounds literally insane. I guess. I mean, I see where you're coming from to some degree, but also it just seems easier to not jumble up her whole little world. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's going to get No, but like that's the thing is it's going to get jumbled. No, like, by the time she to... shows up at the new house, all the shit'll be unpacked and it'll be good to go. No, but I'm saying in in the in the in the world 
her life is going to get jumbled. Yes, I wouldn't understand. you rather have it? Wouldn't you rather have it be jumbled in a controlled scenario? Are you out of your fucking mind? No, I really truly believe that that events like this is is what conditions you for the next time somebody so, moves your cheese. So you're your saying cheese. your parenting strategy is fuck with your kids as much as possible it's, when no, you control it's not fuck it. With, no, it's 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 let them experience life as it happens. Yes. Like it's not fucking with her. It's 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 like you're moving, so you be a part of moving. You help people pack. You help clean. You help like you become She's part of the process. Two and a half. There's never too young to start. You're I mean, an like idiot. Maybe don't two be and a half months person. is too young. I yeah. don't think. Listen, I, is she gonna be like the best helper in the world and productive? Hell no. But do I think it's a like? Do, but like the fact that you're thinking or that you're coming off telling me that like making your child Ryan, part of your moving process is stupid and silly. You have adult co-hosts you work with on things, and I'm including this show. That you're like, yeah, I don't want to deal telling them X Y Z. So you're telling me that you want to then, and they're adult people, okay? When you just you know you don't you know when you just like you're like I'm gonna just handle this my own on my own because I don't need to involve other people in it. You, your your situation. This is a two and a half year old. I do not need her help to to pack boxes. If anything, she would get hurt. Much in the same. And, and the reason I didn't pack her room is because one, I do need somewhere to put her. That's a controlled environment that she's used to. If I put a stack of boxes in there, all I'm inviting her to do is climb on them and tumble them onto herself and I, potentially I, get hurt. I think two and a half year olds in masking tape dispensers are great ideas no they're not <laughs> two and a half year old i know she won't be the best cleaner yeah she'll do the fucking opposite <laughs> i mean good god man no i listen i i'm just saying like i i think it's funny like the way you're trying to shield her yeah i just figured you know what we don't because like look if it were up to me i would have packed everything but i had like for in in the sense that I would have only gotten takeout, Sarah, and I would have just... We, we close on Thursday. That's when yeah. we close on our house. Which, by the way, we'll get into this in a second. Remember Ryan's whole, oh, no. Mark's not going to be able to make it happen exactly I, All I was saying was be prepared. Yeah. And all what I was did saying I tell was you? be prepared. And what did I tell you then? You got, you got it done. I said, that's why I'm paying these fucking people. They will do as I request. And it seems like that's happened. <laughs> that's good. Now, you know, if it were up to me, everything would already be boxed up. I'd sleep on the friggin' floor. I don't care. But I have this little thing that, you know, she she needs pouches and food and other stuff that I, you know, I can just go to a restaurant. It's not as easy with her. And so I do think, like, I couldn't pack up all her toys for four days. So I just left them out and kept her areas controlled. And listen, I know every parent will say this to me. You're not a parent. You don't understand. I could be off base here. I get it. I feel like, I feel like the more, like, because the kid is a pain in the ass, right? Mm -hmm. The more you shelter them, the longer they're a pain in the ass. Sure. Sure. That, that like, the more, the more you, the long, you have to deal with them being that level of kid pain in the ass longer, the more you shelter them from life. I just don't think you have any knowledge of what age can accomplish what. I, I no, you're right. And and listen, I I I come from a world where um youth was not an excuse. Like you know that. Like like I you come from the city. That's a where, poor people where, thing, right? It, it, it's a little. You can call it poor. You can call it country. Like uh, no, 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 no. There were definitely people very difference. well off exactly. where I grew up. Yeah, that that had the exact same mentality. It had nothing to do with their bank. Also, account. also, you grew up in the fucking eighties, man. It's not like that anymore. You could be an adolescent now until you're 32 living yeah, at home. you act like there's something wrong. I'm not like, saying like there's I, something wrong. I'm like saying... I, I don't understand what it is you think you're preventing other than like the ability to do things. I, I'm saying you can't expect a two-year-old to help pack your house. I don't, I don't expect a two-year-old to help pack my house. I expect a two-year-old to understand I'm packing my house. Yes, she knows we're moving. I'm not. No, you you've left all the things on the walls and not touched the room she goes in. For now, yeah. Why? 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 You know, why concern her if she doesn't have to be concerned with where all her stuff went? Because she does have to be concerned. She's leaving that house forever. Yeah, but she would think maybe the stuff went away. She's two. I know this is a lesson learned. The stuff didn't go away. This is what I'm saying is that these are the, the longer you put off life lessons, the, the older they are when you have to teach them. So what would 
Yeah, man. What, what, so what are you saying? I should sit her down and tell her about how babies are made right today? Should I go no, wake her up from I, no, nap and being like, No, Listen. come on. There's nothing traumatic about moving. I, I mean, like, maybe at this age, there's, there's there might be if it's the only place you've ever known. I, I I'm just saying that, like, when I, it's more traumatic when from somebody who went to a new school that I can speak from experience. That's that was more traumatic than losing a home. I under also losing a home makes it sound like we're getting evicted. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you're not. That's why I'm saying is that this is this is this is I do I this is a normal, natural, and healthy process which your family is going through, and I find it funny that you're sheltering your daughter from it. I I mean yes, on some level they're sheltering, but on some level it's also that I don't need to answer a billion questions. Like, dude, I understand. I'm not fighting you on that point at all. Her version of why we're there yet. Understand that. Her version of are we there yet is what are you doing. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's healthy. You want to answer those like questions, Ryan? I'll answer it five times, but times five through forty-six, I it's it's a little much. She will just ask it in succession. I believe that. Yeah. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? So as far and, and let's go back to this. Youth is not an excuse. It should be. What type of shit were you being asked to do? That's why I said it's like, when I say that's a poor people thing, I mean where it's like, yeah, we all had to get out on the farm and do our shit. Otherwise, we couldn't eat. Like, that, like, like, what, and again, when I brought up it's the 80s, I was like, they're, they're, people were doing a bunch of unsafe shit then that they wouldn't do today. I, I, yeah, and I think, I think uh, unsafe and uh, the, the, we can, we can work that version of unsafe a different day. But, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, I, everything whatever it was my parents were doing unless it was explosive or a chainsaw right like like yeah if my dad's cutting down a tree in the backyard it was stay away but if he's um like if he was doing something if he's chained you know changing sparks spark plugs or brakes i was expected to be out there why were you spe- expected to help or just watch yes, both not not so much help, but at the very, I mean, holding a flashlight is help and absorb as much as I could while I was out there doing it. This sounds terrible to me. I mean, like, listen, it, it, it certainly is helped as an adult, as a child. What, you yeah. got better at holding a flashlight? No, but like, I'm, I, I think that uh, I'm able to do certain things today or I'm, I'm professionally have gotten places because of this. It's 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 that like I have a I have a work ethic that some people don't. And that's why. Because someone ruined your childhood. Pretty much. Oh, my God. That's so sad. I mean, like it wasn't ru- like that. That's not what ruined my childhood. It's just I it's just I had responsibilities. I've invited a guest upstairs that we haven't had on the program in a while to talk about your views on parenting. I have well, to no, imagine just, she'll it, be it just, here momentarily. A lot of people, a lot of people like um, give their kids like fake responsibilities. Like you have to take out the trash once a week. That's a fucking real responsibility. Also, yeah, it's a but, low stakes way to learn if engagement. That's, if, that, if that's the like, if that's like the most of your responsibility, then you know. Well, uh-huh. Ryan, I still just uh, I, as I said, I invited a guest on the show we haven't had in a while. My wife Sarah has joined us. I'm going to hand the mic over to her and explain that basically Ryan thinks that Simone should have been expected to no, help no, us no, pack no, the you, house. No, 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 you've got no, you've got me all wrong. I think it is hysterical. I think it is hysterical that you are sheltering the fact that you're moving from her. That is what I said. You think? I think sh- it is. I think it is very funny that you're packing up only places that she can't see. That is what I said. That is not. The strategy. Did you tell him we were only packing things she couldn't see? Yes, that you're only packing up rooms that she doesn't go in, so you don't know that she's. That's so she doesn't know you're packing. That that's not a strategy to hide it from her. She knows we're moving. If that's what Mark said, then Mark is also stupid because that's not what we're doing. What are we doing? We. Oh my God! Like, what is happening? That's not what we're doing. This is happening, Sarah. I mean, that was a perfect tee up to promote the show, right? This Thank would be you. a great promo. Um, no, we just packed all the stuff that we didn't really need to deal with. And we put all the boxes in my office because that was an easy room to just put the boxes in. I don't need to mess with Simone's room because I need all the crap in Simone's room. I don't need to mess with her room. Uh, Is that why when I said, why don't we pack up all her books? You said, let's not mess with anything in her room yet. Yeah, she doesn't need to have her stuff messed with. I would like her room to just stay as normal as possible. 
and not have it be like what because the thing is she's so aware now that she'd be like what happened where are my books and she'd ask me for a book that I packed even though she hasn't read the book in about a year and a half that's really what I'm trying to avoid but I'm not sheltering her from the fact that we're moving we drive by the new house almost every day she's excited well no Mark made it sound like that 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 you were only and he said that did you drive past the new house she knows about the new house she knows you're moving like she's not but like the process that like he didn't want her he didn't he want he didn't want her to see he's scared that there might be trauma if if like stuff's packed up and there's nothing on the walls no you think there's gonna be trauma if she sees that there's nothing on the walls mark that's not what i fucking said also (laughs) i want to go back to you thinking that i should ask a two and a half year old like negotiate a two and a half year old to help me pack boxes. Can we go back? Can you just explain that to me really quick? I, yeah, I yeah. I, what all I was saying is is that when it is the is that the opposite to sheltering your child from like moving is to playfully make them part of it. Like like yeah, I get that they're not gonna like actually do any work. But I was saying like I if it were me, I'd be like you know, I, I pack up the the put your stuff put the bunny in the box. I I mean. Just you saying these words could not scream louder that you don't have a child. If you think that I could make a game out of put the bunny in the box that would capture her attention and not end up like dismantling work that I had already done within like 30 seconds, you are out of your goddamn mind. No, I totally get that. I, I It's understand. like negotiating with a terrorist. Like there, it's impossible. I mean, I get it. I get the cute idea, but like absolutely not there she wouldn't help it would just be it would be a hindrance and honestly she would end up getting packed in a box no i and i understand like you're missing i don't think that she would actually be a help but i'm saying making her think she helped Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying making her think she helped is is good for her future good for her future ryan sampson the, the future of our children um you know what ryan i love the suggestion and when you have a child and you need to pack up a three-floor house in two uh-huh. days we'll see if you want your kid to help i bet you the answer is where can i put them that is anywhere oh, except this house i understand like i told i'm not disagreeing with that whatsoever i found it much funnier that mark made it sound like he didn't want simone to understand that moving happened no, and if that's what was happening, I was unaware of it, and I... You're, that's, I would just like to point out that you're basically saying what I said. You're like, why would I disrupt her life? No, but she knows we're moving. I'm not... I understand that as well, but that is what I said. Like, Ryan, do you agree that she's basically saying what I said? She's saying a more reasonable version of it. She's making it sound like more um, sane, like or more based around, I need to get shit done, not I'm concerned about Simone seeing. No, it's not like I took her out of the, the house to pack under cover of night. I just... <laughs> that's what he's making it sound like. No. That's, when you first said it, that's how it came across no, and how I you said it. No, I just did it, and then I specifically, you know, we packed pretty much everything we could, but I left her areas pretty much untouched. So she, it's like, you know, it's like she lives in a staged house now. She thinks that there's a couch that's nice. But if she, if she tries to go in the basement, there's nothing there. Okay. But uh, do you have any other parent? Ryan. Did we Truman show Simone? No. What? No. Okay. But but Sarah, Sarah got it right. Is that that's almost like when Mark first presented it to me, that's what it almost sounded like that you were trying to do. I would just like to point out that every toddler's life is more or less Truman showed. They decide nothing. Right? Fair enough. Yeah. So, you know, irrelevant. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just I, guess, you're I just thought I, I just I just wanted to be nice to it. I wanted to just have her have an easy experience with the move. And Ryan says that he grew up in a place where youth was not an excuse to not do things. <laughs> and uh, that just sounds like the most dangerous 80 shit in the world. Sounds like Ryan needs to unpack some shit and some heavy oh, duty therapy. Ryan full blown admitted his childhood was ruined, but he thinks it made him better. But did you pack your own shit? Oh, uh, I there are actually yeah, there are probably boxes. Absolutely, I when we moved, I, I was a little older then, but absolutely. How I, well, how I much was, older? 
I was when I when we moved out of the house, I was twelve or thirteen. Oh my god, a little older, oh Ryan. You god. fucking idiot! No, 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 no! no, no. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm not saying. Jesus Christ! It, you guys are the best at just taking something I say and like you ask me a question and I answer it honestly. Ryan, we've been doing and, this for six years. That's the show. That's how this works. <laughs> I mean, no. God, know the formula. <laughs> Come on. Sarah's gone. She left in okay. a huff. Oh boy! Moving on. You're 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 totally misunderstanding everything that I'm it's saying. Fine. It's fine. I don't care. It's irrelevant. <laughs> and we're moving this week. It's a big pain in the dick to move. By the way, it sucks. There's also just things I have to pay for now that being a renter, I've previously not had to worry about, like trash removal. Uh, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, water. I have to pay for water. Yes. Never had to pay for water before. I have no idea how much <laughs> water costs. It, it's uh, the price is going up. I realize that I definitely have a, I don't, you know, when there's like a celebrity and somebody will be like, what do you think a loaf of bread costs? And they're like, $80. It's like they're completely devoid of reality. Yes. I think I have that, but on a smaller scale of, you know, I asked somebody to do some work on my house and the estimate came back at $1,450, right? Okay. I thought it was going to be like twelve grand. <laughs> so <laughs> it's at least going the right way in your favor. Oh, it's nice, but I, I, I guess I just want to point this out to anyone. I'm a Mark, not my actual like my actual name is Mark. Yes, but also like if you want to take mark. me for all I'm worth, I'm a Mark. You can be like, oh yeah, you want me to retail this kitchen? That's eight hundred thousand dollars. And I'd say, well, well, that's because your parents never made you do anything when you were a that's kid. That's true. Well, because I am like a like I can't. I don't know how to do anything myself. So you know, <laughs> right now you're a Mark. They taught me how to dial the phone. I can call a dude. <laughs> I actually it was very funny because I had on on my flight back from Los Angeles yesterday. Mm. There was a, a couple celebrities and oh, can um, I guess? Can you? Yeah. Okay. Was one of them James Corden? James Corden was not. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm, Kelly Ripa. Kelly Ripa was not. All right. Those are my only guesses. I have no idea. I can't name any other people. So so one of them was like an absolute definite. Like as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you're famous. That's who you are. The second one, I was very confused on. Were you then... on the Harvey Weinstein flight from jail? No. Did he move somewhere? Yes. And he flew first class. Wait, I'm, what? Did, what are you talking about? They I had to move this. facilities, and he flew. But he's dead. Harvey Weinstein. Oh, Weinstein! I was thinking Jeffrey Epstein. No, I was not on Harvey <laughs> Weinstein's flight. Were you on Epstein Island? Why were you even was, like? Uh, did I see him? Wrong pervert Stein. Mm. Um, something. Uh, I. I. Um. So the first one was Ron Perlman. Oh. Okay. Right. Like Punisher. That. Right. Hellboy. One of them. Yes. I yes. don't know. Okay. And then another guy walked on, and when I first saw him, uh, I, I, I'm i like, oh, that's that's Daniel Craig. Mm, that'd be cool. I hear he's really nice. It wasn't Daniel Craig. Damn. And then for, and I'm like, no, that's not Daniel Craig. I'm like, that. I think it's Jerome Flynn, okay. who was Braun on Game of Thrones. Okay. And then I got, and then the guy took his hat off. I'm like, oh. And I'm still only about 98% sure. Okay. I'm pretty certain it was Sean Penn. Sean Penn? Yeah. He's really famous. I know. And so everyone I say this, they're like, I'm surprised they wouldn't fly private. Well, I mean. And I'm like, I'm not. Not on a not on a transatlantic flight. Uh, okay. Now this this tweet, this tweet, I, I Googled Sean Penn JFK. I assume you flew into JFK, right? Yes, yes. Now granted, this tweet's 12 years old, but somebody said Sean Penn, Nicole Richie, Joel Madden, me. First class was an interesting mix from LAX <laughs> to JFK. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I've been trying to confirm it if he's in New York or doing something and I can't, but like I'm I'm pretty freaking sure that's who it I was. I mean, look, here's the thing. Even if you have a lot of mo- like LAX as far as I know is is either has already built or is building a terminal that's like just for famous people so they don't I, get JFK- bothered. JFK has some sort of escape route. I don't know if there's a terminal or like a lounge, but I have been on other flights with famous people and someone grabs them and takes them a special way. Yeah. So it's it, when people say, hey, Sean Penn, I can't believe he's flying private. It's like, well, maybe even a celebrity doesn't want to spend $45,000 to fly 
to, you know, New York from New LA. York for the day. Right. It's insane. Yeah. I said someone someone said that to me and I'm like cuz I used I used I used my points and I was in first class and that's how I I was I was in the mint. Oh, I, so I you used, flew JetBlue. I flew JetBlue. Just the best experience, am I right? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. They were it was awesome. Um so when the flight or like I paid in points, I paid like 700 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you think about like, like you said, I don't think it would be, maybe it would be 45 grand, but if you figure a private flight, it's a very minimum 10 uh, from LA to New York. No, yeah. they're, they're like 20 grand yeah. to go from New York to South Carolina. So why would you pay if you could fly first class? Why would you pay that much money? Yeah. Especially if now look, I understand if you're, you know, Taylor Swift and you get fucking bothered, right? Like everyone wants a piece of you. And I'm not yeah. saying Sean Penn isn't famous, but did anyone go up to him? Uh, nobody. In fact, uh, Ron Perlman like sat at the baggage claim and not a single person said anything to him. Yeah. Also, you know, it's New York. Like people, there's a thing about New York in LA. It, like if you see Ron Perlman in, you know, Savannah, Georgia, maybe that's that's more of a thing there. But what also here's the other thing with with uh, celebrities. Don't go up to a celebrity if you're just going to say, hey, are you the guy from the thing? Right. What's your next question? If you're actually a fan of them. Sure. Right. But if you just want to be like, hey, I recognize you. It's like, okay, now what? But but that's all of Tony Hawk's Twitter and Instagram account is people that walk up to him with the confidence knowing who he is and goes, hey, I voted for you. That his bit? No, if you ever, dude, Tony Hawk has like a million where like he'll go into the hotel and they're like, you look like Tony Hawk. He's like, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. But like, hey, I voted or, or for people you, I don't will, understand. No, where people will go up and mistake him for someone else. Yes. All right. So I, I loved you in Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. Well, that's what I don't understand why people are doing that shit. Like, don't, if, if you really know someone, do it. But don't take a shot. Don't assume, because here's the thing. What is that? Where does that story go? Am I just jaded that I've seen too many famous people in the flesh? I mean, maybe. And I think most people like want to say something and want to have some sort of interaction. They want to be polite. Maybe they maybe they will be friends, but it ends up just being as awkward as anyone you meet in an elevator and have a 30 second conversation. It actually ends up being worse because you will think about it far longer because you'll assume (laughs) you'll assume that as a famous person, they matter more. They don't. But and, you and, will feel like they do. And you'll assume also that they think about it as much as you. They will never think about it again. Somewhere Paul Rudd is going, that person was really awkward. I'm telling you, I spoke to Paul Rudd for like an hour one night. I was blackout drunk in 2012. <laughs> and I don't recall it. And all everyone tells me is, man, you were talking to Paul Rudd for a while. <laughs> That's you a, must see you guys were friends. I don't know, man. I don't know. We I haven't heard from him since. Um, By the way, I told the I told the pilot about the screw. Okay, please please elaborate on that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, but no one else does. I I know. I was sitting oh, on. I was I was not on the way out to Los Angeles. I just wanted to make sure you knew that I, I wasn't reminding you. Yeah. On the way out to Los Angeles, I was not sitting in first class. I was uh, I paid for that flight and was sitting on the wing. And there was a screw. But inside the plane. But inside the plane. There was a screw on the wing that was popping out. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, or I hope I know, or I told myself, that's fine. There's, I can count 100 screws on the little picture I took. It's one. Even if we lose that panel, it's still fine. We'll be okay. I sent the picture. I sent it to you. sort of like, uh-uh. Like, I know I wasn't going to crash, but you're like, dude. I was like, who cares? I was like, oh, I believe what I said was, oh, stop. (laughs) Right? Yes. I'm like, I hope I make it. And I was being, I was being very. Yes. Yeah. But. So you told actually told the pilot? I actually told the pilot. That didn't make you feel like a giant nerd? Totally made me feel like a giant nerd. You're like, excuse me, sir. Just so you know, there's a loose screw on the wing. Yep. And was he like, oh, we'll get right on that? What did he say? He was like, all right, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. See ya. <laughs> and then he, yeah. as he walked up, he's like, shut the fuck up, nerd. Probably. But, like, listen, if you see something, say something, right? Should I have not, like, or maybe I was the third person that told him. And did he, he give already. you wings? 
Was he like, thanks, buddy, and then he tussled your hair and sent you on your way? <laughs> Pinned him to my lapel? Yeah. No. Well, this is interesting because do you think if that pilot had passed out, you would have been able to lane, land the plane? Because uh, I saw a story in the Washington Post. I know you did, and I kind of want to go over this. I, I, really, I actually really want to see what this says because it said that I would never be able to. And it's for the exact same reason even in the subheadline. I didn't read it all the way through, yeah. but what I did start reading is like, you spent tons of time in the flight simulator, in the Microsoft flight simulator, and, and you know the pilot both passes out. They ate the fish. What do you do? And they're like, you couldn't do it. See, well, the reason I started thinking about this is I was on Amazon Prime, and there's some new Dennis Quaid movie called On a Wing and a Prayer. Okay. Which is apparently, it's it's like a biographical film. Apparently, this really happened or whatever. I just knew right away. I saw it was produced by Roma Downey, and it's called On a Wing and a Prayer. Oh. And in the trailer... The, the guy, Dennis Quaid, is getting, the pilot shows up to fly his family private. And he goes, oh, thanks for taking time out of your Easter Sunday to fly us. And I was just like, oh, Christ. Roma Downey is the wife of uh, a mega producer. Wait, what's his name that does Survivor? Mark Burnett. Mark Burnett. And she produces a lot of religious programming. Exactly. Yes. And... The minute in the trailer they were like, oh, it's Easter Sunday. I was like, oh, God, on a wing and a prayer. So basically, here's the plot of this movie, just so we know, just so everyone's aware. On Easter Sunday, 2009, Doug White, a 56-year-old pharmacist, his wife, and their two daughters returned to Archibald, Louisiana after attending a funeral for White's brother. Less than 10 minutes after their King Air 200 private plane took off. See, this is also why Sean Penn just flies uh, commercial. From Marco Island, Florida, the pilot died of a heart attack. Fort Myers air traffic controllers and a flight instructor from Danbury, Connecticut, managed to teach Doug how to fly the plane and land it while the family, who attend a Church of Christ, pray for a miracle. Now, I think a King Air is a, is a twin engine. So that's a little harder if I remember, if I know, if I know my airplanes. I don't know if I do or not. It seems irrelevant to the overall... Two engines is is much harder to fly than one engine. By the way, based on 14 critics' reviews, this film has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is god-awful. But what's the critic score? I don't know. I just, I'm just i reading this <laughs> off of Wikipedia, and I'm not going to bother. Uh, Metacritic assigned the film a 19 out of 100 based on, five cri- <laughs> based on five critics, indicating, quote, overwhelming dislike. This happened like a year ago, I think, on a single-engine plane that the pilot and a friend were up, and the pilot had a heart attack, and the friend landed it. Mm-hmm. If, it was, if, if I was in a Cessna, I'd probably figure out how to land it, yes. If I was in a 737, you know, 737... I don't fuck know. Now, a couple things about this. One, I'm disappointed to hear that the pilot died. I thought that since it was, you know, a Christian movie, maybe there'd be a divine thing where he, like, woke up and everyone was like, oh, God, resurrection of the pilot. Yay. Oh, but, no, they're happy he went to a better place. In honor of Easter, I'm going to have leftovers two days from now, <laughs> by the way. Um, so picture this is the Washington Post story. Uh you know, as Ryan said, pick, you know, you've done a lot of time in the flight simulator. Picture this. But then this person, Patrick Smith, a commercial airline pilot and founder of Ask the Pilot blog, says there is a zero percent chance of someone pulling off flights, landing the plane. Do people think they can perform transplant surgery? No. Then why do they think they can land a plane? And it's like, well, I can drive a car. That's I just think it's like an air car. I don't know why I'm arguing the point because I actually don't think I could land the plane. But I do think that. It's inherently easier to believe you could fly a plane than you could perform heart surgery. I guess so, but why does he say that a 0% chance? I mean, I'll tell you this. I would never be able to figure out what all those buttons and knobs and shit are for. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, let alone finding the right button to talk to air traffic control. Yeah, that would be hard. I would, I would, I would, that would be very bad. Uh, The clinical name for this type of baseless bravado is the Dunning-Kruger effect, which I must have in many aspects of my life (laughs) i can close a house in two weeks i did that i did did do that that. you did do that it could be used to explain the results of a yougov poll conducted in january out of twenty thousand sixty-three adults surveyed in the united states nearly a third said they were quote somewhat confident or 
very confident that they could safely land a passenger airplane in an emergency, relying only on the assistance of air traffic control. I want you to think about how ridiculous that is when you consider the average person's listening comprehension. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, listen, I I think I would have a better chance because I have dipped my toe in studying to be a private pilot. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? But I haven't fucking trained. This also... This is also a great stat. Almost half the men who responded were confident they could do it, but only 20% of the women. It's like the women were far more realistic, where the men were just like, fuck yeah, I'll land that plane. I can do it. All right, let's think about some like other professions that if you were called upon to do it, could you? Could, could I you, do could it? Could you, you, CPR. Someone, someone just passed out in front of you, CPR. I mean, like, I could do what I think it is. But I, I took CPR training last when I was a junior in, in high school, so I don't... In fact, it's interesting you bring this up because I was actually considering recently. I was like, I should probably know how to do that. But see, let's be honest. You have to really want to save someone because like, even the idea of doing CPR to you, I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I love you. Yeah. But I would yeah. just be like, oh, oh, man. Like, if it's going to happen, I really hope it's a woman. But the, the further point is, you don't, like, like, aren't they always choking on something or choking on vomit a lot of the time? Like, ugh, gross. I mean, maybe, or if it's a, you know, if it's a heart attack or if they've just, okay, another scenario. You're walking uh, down the beach. It's 7 p.m. Mm. And there's uh, somebody out about uh, 50 yards in the ocean going, help, help. That and there's I no would, lifeguard. I would attempt that one. That I would attempt, but I'd be like, is there a floaty around? But I I think that there's, there's far more, in my opinion, far more likelihood I would succeed somebody 50 yards offshore than I would with just a a corpse in front of me, more or less. I feel like the person who goes in to save them is always in the worst trouble. Well, yeah, but you get, that's one of the best deaths. What? Well, I mean, like, it doesn't feel good to drown, right? But everyone's always like, that guy's a hero. He died saving these little kids that were drowning off his boat. That's a that's a noble death. All right. Let's say let's try another one. Right. It's not like, oh, he fucking got drunk and, you know, you die. You're saying you die a hero. Yeah. All right. Let's let's say the other half. You're not in the airplane. You're taking a tour with your cousin of the tower at the airport and all of the air traffic controllers simultaneously get electrocuted and you're the only one in the room. That's an interesting scenario. You're just like you bring all the flights down. I would be like, is there an all call? Everyone chill. Okay. here's how I would do it. All right. Here's how I would do it. I would say, listen, guys, I'd be like, first of all. This is the most listeners to any broadcast I've ever had. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, I'd say, all right, guys, I don't know how many of you are up there. So we're going to start at one and we're going to count off. And then we'd get to like 400 and I'd be like, OK, we're going to come down in order. Play number one, land. And they'd be like, where are you? And I'd be like, the blue lights on the ground. Look for the blue lights. And this plane would be like, I just crashed into a Walmart. I don't know. But I, I think... So you, all right, here's, here's another well, What thing. are other jobs that people always, like, people always think they can do a radio show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we, we definitely have the everyone can do our job job. And, and let me and tell everyone, you. Everyone who, everyone who works with us, I mean, that's the, that's the thing about radio executives, right? Mm. Is, that the, is that they're all just like baseball managers, failed players. Mm-hmm. On some level, living out their dream. Yes. While making more money and having more stable income. Correct. Yes. So it sounds good. (laughs) Being management doesn't sound that bad. However, if you're out there listening and you're like, I could host a radio show, let me tell you the truth. You could. You probably could. It's not that hard for about three or four days. There you go. Then it would get a little harder. Yes. And then, you know, figure it out from there. That's what I did. Your first six months are a breeze. It's it's after that. Can you do it? Yeah. Every day. Getting excited about the same mundane (laughs) shit. All right, if you're uh, on the deadliest catch. I, okay, I don't understand why that's so dangerous. If if, if they were like, hey, we got to, I've never watched an episode, but here's how I imagine that show works. They're just like, we got to catch the fish. And you're like, oh shit. And it's like choppy waters when you're doing it or extremely choppy. I'd be like, hey, let's wait. Let's just not go out there right now. Let's give this a minute to settle. Then we'll go catch the fish. That's what I would do. I would stay inside. Like, do the boats capsize, or is it only the guys that go on the deck that die? 
Uh, it's it's both. It's uh, the boat can capsize, or you can get swept off, or you get like caught up, like you get your foot tangled yeah. in one of the yeah. crab trap I, lines, and you go to the bottom with the crab pot. Fuck this! Like I don't. There's so many jobs where just be like, hey, is this worth it? I vote. It's not. Yeah. Let's not bother with that. Mark's no. like, I just eat the crab. I don't even need to. If you said, hey, there's no crab, I don't like self shellfish enough that that would change my life at all. <laughs> Not like a huge ceviche fan. Um, so you wouldn't have told the pilot about the screw. You would have you would have let the screw linger, and on the next takeoff, it jiggled around, gets caught in the engine, the engine blows up, and um, everyone dies. Maybe maybe you've started a final destination scenario for everyone that took that plane. Like they were supposed to die, and now they'll die in more gruesome and worse ways <laughs> because you saved them. Maybe. I mean. So I want to go back to this study of like, could you land the plane? Because they also did one in in a university in New Zealand did one. Researchers asked 780 subjects whether they could land a small commuter plane. Now, this is a small commuter plane, not a, you know, 747 or whatever. Yeah. Quote, without dying or quote, as well as a pilot could if the crew member became incapacitated and they were the only other person on board. Participants with a valid pilot's license or had previously flown or landed a plane were excluded from the study. Fair. So now I have would I hold on read that again would I I have flown a a small plane while in the air would I be excluded I I've never so. landed one I didn't do the study but okay. let's say yes okay I've never landed <laughs> one but I've I've flown it in allow the air. me to consult with the people who did the study uh they say no you're out okay okay uh, a researcher showed some volunteers a nearly four minute video of pilots landing a plane the view from behind the flight deck obscured their hands a veteran New- Air New Zealand pilot dismissed the video as 100% useless as an instructional tool which was the point other participants did not watch the quasi tutorial Members of both groups claimed they could safely land the plane, but the people who watched the video were more confident in both categories than the people who did not see it. Men were also more self-assured than women in, quote, every condition. So, how annoying is this as a pilot that all these people are like, yeah, you're just the pilot. Whatever. I could do this shit. Meanwhile, I know from personal experience, I rent a U-Haul and it's a bigger van and I'm like, oh shit, this thing is tough to maneuver. I mean, it really, what you should be getting out of that study is every guy that tells you something with confidence is fucking bullshit. Are you just learning that men no, have I've, stupid I've, bravado? I've known this forever, but like, this is just more like everyone who, everyone who's like, the more I think that people insist that they can do something probably is, is their uh, lesser ability. John J. Nance, a veteran airline captain and TV network aviation analyst, said the likelihood of somebody successfully helming a plane is possible but not probable. A lot of things have to fall into place. For starters, and this is a good point, the passenger must gain entry into the cockpit, which since the 9-11 terrorist attacks has become a fortress against intruders. Right. That would be very annoying. Like, here's the question. Well, let's say the pilot, like, let's take that out, right? Let's say that but before the pilot can't. dies, he, he, no, the pilot, before he dies, he bursts out of the cabin vomiting. <laughs> I'd be like, that pilot's really sick. And I'd be like, gross, man, go back in there. This, don't bring that out here. And then, and then once inside, you have to adjust the seat so you can reach the rudder pedals. If you accidentally switch off the autopilot, then you're really in trouble. He yeah, said. you're fucked. You're, you're fucked. The next challenge is locating the headset if it's not cradling on the downed pilot's head. Once it's found, then have to contact air traffic control for help. Nance's one of the biggest rookie mistakes is not releasing the button after speaking. I can't talk to you if you're holding the button, he said. But it seems like the other people on the end... I guess maybe they can't hear it all, but they'd just be like, release the button. Let the button go. I can't hear you. <laughs> well, it's more like the other thing, too, like what they said about the foot pedals is most people don't get that. On a car, your foot pedals are your gas and your brake. But on a plane, that's left and right. I would have no idea of that. I would have to be like, hey, guys, I would be like, uh, this is your uh, new captain speaking. I, uh, I'm going to level with all of you on the plane. Don't freak out, but I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> Odds of our odds of our imminent death are, uh, are 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 high. However, I've instructed a flight attendant to give away any and all booze for free. Um, so there's that. Also, um, I'm now going to try and contact air traffic control. So it does say locating the radio, the correct radio frequency, can be difficult. Your prospects will brighten. This is important for everyone to remember. Okay, 
Uh-huh. Remember the emergency frequency. 121.5. W emergency. The hottest hits and most likely deaths. 121.5. Assuming you can figure like but that's assuming you can figure out the radio dial. Yeah, I mean, like, even that's, you've got to get the headset, you got to know which button to push to get talked to him, then you've got to figure out how to tune the radio. Like, Mark, like, something very important about landing a plane, like, would you even understand what vertical, explain vertical speed to me. How fast will you go up and down? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I, I understand the English language, but I don't know how to do that. Well, yeah, but like you've that's that's like your rate of ascent or descent, right? Like, you've got to, you can only go down so many feet per minute. Okay, and you know what? This is bullshit. However, they uh, um, the primary role of air traffic controllers is to guide pilots toward airports. They are typically not qualified to marshal a step-by-step descent. However, they may be able to track someone down who can, as was the case in 2009. Which brings us back to my well, favorite movie, On a Wing and a Prayer. I was going to no, I was going to go back to airplane. That's why they had to go get Rex Kramer. But so hear, the, hear this out. Hear the true story of this out, because it completely changes the narrative of what I've given as the movie so far. Okay, okay. That year, a pilot died on a King Air flight from Florida to Mississippi. Passenger Doug White had a private pilot certificate and hours of flight time in a single-engine Cessna. Unfortunately, he was not familiar with the two-engine turboprop carrying the, his family of four. Air traffic controllers located a flight instructor and pilot with King Air experience who guided White from 11,000 feet to wheels down at Fort Myers Airport in Florida. Yeah. That's, that's totally different if you have pilot. flown a plane before. Correct. I mean, wasn't like, exactly it, Jesus taking the wheel on that it, one. I, I, yeah, that's, well, but Mark, you've got to find your premise and run with it. That's why they're movies and they're like, are you, you're really disappointed that, that, that a, a, a based on a true story was exaggerated? I don't know. I just, uh, you may not have a controller who has knowledge about your aircraft. Once the plane is stabilized, the challenges will only multiply. This is a, this is a fear piece. This Washington Post story. They should have just ran a large print story that was like, listen, if your pilot dies on flight, you're dead too. Sincerely, Jeff Bezos. Like, I, Pretty uh, much. Um, you can't stay airborne forever, especially as the fuel supply starts to dwindle. Earth is calling. To land, you'll need to configure the aircraft for touching down, adjust the altitude and power settings. See, you know what wouldn't shock me? Let's say you're the air traffic controller and this call comes in. There's an unwieldy jet in the sky. Right. Do you act like you're getting them to the airport, but in reality, you start pointing them towards an empty field? <laughs> Just like out to sea, like, why is it only blue down there? Yeah, dude. Well, because isn't this thing going to do far more damage on the ground? Don't you have to make a cost analysis on some level? I think there's somebody in the room making that argument, but I probably think the try to bring them to the airport uh, argument would win. The, and Well, they luckily, so this guy, the, the pilot, Nance, says... The reality is so many pilots deadhead on flights, which means there's going to be a pilot sitting in the back somewhere. Yeah. And then that guy's entrance music hits and he busts through the cockpit door like (laughs) Ultimate Warrior. And that's when you're safe. (laughs) That's how that works. Yeah. That's why they have two pilots up there, right? But what if they both get incapacitated? Now, granted that this guy says that's he's never seen that happen. But if that happened, that's when you'd call through. The other I guy. started. I started writing a movie where this happens. Okay. Well, and now I you know that fig- whatever happens next is bullshit. I well, but I know, and that, there was just so many problems when I was trying to write this. Like, and I'm like, it's fiction. It doesn't fucking matter. Just make it the Did shit. Did you up. have them pray? Because that seems to be a, oh, a large part of the other I movie. Messed up. No, incapacitating the pilot simultaneously while in the air was really hard to do. How about this? They. <laughs> I had to like I'll tell you I'll tell you what I ended they were up gay with. pilots and they had sex with each other and they both had such strong orgasms that they passed out they actually you no. know what don't even have to be gay could be a man and a woman pilot just really having some intense sexual intercourse due to an accidental uh, confusion uh, at a at a food kiosk near the gate um, both pilots were given beverages that had like cleaning bleach in it, but didn't take a sip uh, until they were at 10,000 feet. Oh, okay. And then they both uh, became incapacitated because they cheered each other like, hey, we're, we're flying now. 
<laughs> I had to I had to stretch so fucking far and I'm like I'm giving up on this also, this, this one this one on, might not based work. on that you've just added like four shoot days to the movie where it's like all right we gotta fucking set up for them to buy their drinks walk with the drinks the cheers shots a whole day what was the plan once the plane was incapacitated well, there was a whole bunch of people on the plane, and 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 is this like one, Murder on the Orient Express or whatever it is? Yes, uh, yeah, not like that. A little, a little more. Uh, I guess so. A little more Poseidon adventure. Okay. What well, does the plane? Is it a submarine? No, it was an airplane. Poseidon Adventure was a cruise ship. I thought it was a submarine. I don't know. No, no, no. It's a cruise ship. It, it, but 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 I, I only got like like part of the way through it, and I sort of like I was stretching so far and so much shit. I'm like, I'm gonna try something else. See, it's got to be tough <laughs> to do that with an airplane though, because an airplane can only stay in the air for so many hours. Whereas if you're on a train, it can get delayed and stay still. If you're on a cruise ship, it can just float. Whereas a plane, you theoretically, in your hypothetical movie, have only a finite amount of time in which the story can take place. Correct. That's tough. Also, no, but it was actually perfect. No, it's actually perfect because you, it, you like if you think about like write a page a minute, you have two hours. How many pages did the pilots drinking bleach take up? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, sir, really loved your script. Uh, it was kind of weird that you have the pilots drink bleach, and you'd be like, well, sir, my co-writer thought they could aggressively fuck each other and pass out, and we decided that was a bad idea. We went with this one. Yeah. I but you know, see, man. that's why when I said that, the because I also hey, I had to think of that. Ex- Dude, I had already been there. After 9-11, that cabin door is closed. How do I get one of the passengers in to land? And it's because, see, that's how I got the bleach is the bleach made them vomit. So so the pilot burst out of the door vomiting. Uh-huh. Because otherwise, if they're just incapacitated, no one can get in there. I Okay, can I play a role in this movie? I just want to be the guy who's sitting in first class who the guy... He, po- he spills out of the cabin. He starts vomiting, and I-, I just go, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck! Holy fuck!" That's just my. That's the all I that's say. The, that's the only role, or that's the only one you get. No, you're the overreaction, panicky guy near the near the emergency exit. How about this? I just okay, so I just rip open the door, and I go, "I thought that's what we were supposed to do," and then everyone gets sucked out of the plane. Oh yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah, that, that's be bad. A, that's a twist I wasn't thinking about. Yeah. Well, speaking of twists, I wasn't thinking of our show's over. Do you have any thoughts before we get out of here for the day? No, that was fun. All right. We'll see you on Thursday. Be here tomorrow. Bye.